0: Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Sunday edition and Ernie let's get after it yeah what a Super Bowl Super Bowl 57 has to be one of the best Super Bowls ever certainly does not live up to last year's Super Bowl 56 (laughs) the greatest Super Bowl in NFL history Let's let's talk about last year. The Rams (laughs) defeat the Bengals. (laughs) All right. I'm sorry, people. I'm just still living in the past. Again, this is the Sports Rivals. That's Ernie. I'm Monty. And together, we're going to talk a lot of Super Bowl and NBA trade deadline. But, Ernie, let's start off with the Super Bowl. A tale of two halves, but what a tremendous game. Yeah. I mean, I just
1: hated how the, the ending happened. I wanted to, it to be where the team that had the ball last won. And in this case, the Eagles had it last, and it fluttered at the end. <laughs> and and that's, I, I kind of wish, wish uh, a terrific uh, heads-up move in regards to them not running for that touchdown, going down on the one-yard line allowing uh, the Chiefs to uh, run additional plays to run that clock down. That was a very heads-up play. I mean, everyone was on the same page. Obviously, everyone was on the same page, you know, on that particular play. It really looked like the Eagles were allowing them to make that touchdown. Lo and behold, you know, the chess match, the counterattack on that chess match play uh, was in the Kansas City uh, Chiefs' favor, only allowing very few seconds for, you know, the Eagles to, you know, get that, get, get that time fe- field goal. But congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh It was, you know, uh, it, it was a game in where I kind of knew that, hey, this might go into the 40s, man. This might go into the 40s, especially when Kansas City uh had that first, uh, I mean, not their first touchdown, but their second touchdown on, the, on that defensive uh, possession, and then the negated one later when they found out it wasn't a catch. I thought, okay, if this happens, this is go- this is easily going to be in the 40s because I know that Philadelphia is just going to keep on, you know, putting it, you know, keep on pounding it, pounding it, pounding it, especially on those fourth-down points. So gutsy. Sirianni, he did it during the regular season. I didn't know if he would have the cojones to do it in the Super Bowl.
0: But the, he did. He did on many occasions. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was an incredible game. So, I mean, so let's. it The game matched what we expected. I mean, you're talking about the two best teams 16 and 3, 16 and 3. They both scored 546 points during the year. Number one offense, number two offense. They both have six All Pro players on their teams. They both have. Um, Hall of Fame caliber players that's gonna make it. You expected a close game, it opened Kansas City at one and a half, it quickly changed to Philadelphia at one and a half, and it stayed there for two weeks, meaning, Half the bets were going on Kansas City, half the bets were going on Philadelphia. Nobody knew what to expect, and we got exactly that. But it really was a tale of two halves. The first half was completely dominated by the Philadelphia Eagles. They came right out like they've done 10 times this year, marched right down the field, scored a touchdown to go up 7-0. Kansas City quickly answers back to go up 7-7. And from that moment on, Patrick Mahomes barely touched the field. Right. I mean, Philadelphia came back down. I mean, it was two punts right after that. And then Philadelphia came back down and scored. They stopped Kansas City. Then the fumble by Jalen Hurts, his only mistake of the game, because he played brilliantly, scoop and score, made it 14-14. They come, Eagles come right back, march down the field, score again, stop Kansas City, march right back down the field. The only reason they didn't score a touchdown is because they ran out of time before the half. They kick a field goal before the half. It's 24 to 14. They had more than double the yards of Kansas City, right. more than double the time of possession. Patrick Mahomes rose his ankle before the half. At halftime, before Rihanna came on, it really looked like the Eagles were gonna win this Super
1: Bowl. And they would've. They would've. They would've except for two plays. One, the one that you mentioned in regards to the the turnover by Jalen Hurts. And the second one, the sixty five yard punt, punt return, return, all the way down to the five to allow, you know, a very easy score for the Kansas City Chiefs. Take away those two plays, the Philadelphia Eagles win this Super Bowl.
0: But that that's the brilliance of, of Andy Reid. I mean, the adjustments that he made. And I actually think, I was telling Ernie this off the air, as brilliant as Patrick Mahomes is, when he rolled his ankle right before the half, there was no reason for that play. Right. It was third and 15. He could have easily thrown the ball away. But I think he was starting to feel the pressure of, oh my gosh, our defense can't stop him. Right. So we're going to have to match them score for score. He gets his ankle rolled over. And I think that... Actually helped Kansas City, believe it or not, in the second half. They come out running the ball. Mm -hmm. They ran the ball down the field for the most part to score that first touchdown. And then he kind of settled in and he was a lot more calm in the pocket. Wasn't holding on to the ball quite as long. um, And they went down and scored and then the the punt return that you're alluding to down to the five-yard line they scored again and then the only reason they didn't score at the end of the game is because jared mckinnon made a very smart play slid there ran the clock out or else they would have scored again they scored 24 points in the second half so the eagles scored 24 in the first half the chiefs scored 24 in the second half 38 35 in one of the highest scoring games and surprisingly Patrick Mahomes, the first person to win the regular season MVP and the Super Bowl yeah. MVP in the same I, season. I was shocked at
1: it, being that there's, what, 50-something Super Bowls already and that this only happened once. I mean, I knew it doesn't happen every year, but I figured at least two or three times. But, you know, congratulations to Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations to Andy Reid, too. I mean, coach prior coaches of the Philadelphia Eagles, now I, as we all know, Uh, The mainstay future Hall of Fame coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, His adjustments at halftime, I thought, were on par. I was waiting for the blitz tap. And I spoke last week on the podcast saying that Jalen Hurts is one of the lowest rated quarterback when blitz. They did that more in the second half. And
0: they were only able to get, what, 10 points out of this. So, you know. But Jalen Hurts, let's talk a little bit about Jalen Hurts because I know Patrick Mahomes is going to get all the love because they won. He's the MVP. But Jalen Hurts goes 27 of 38, 304 yards and a touchdown, 15 rushes for 70 yards and three touchdowns, which is a record there. So he accounts for four total touchdowns and 378 yards, 74 yards of total offense. Honestly, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts. I like the guy as as a person. I did not expect him to play that well. I thought they may control the ball on the ground, but Miles Sanders was a non-factor. It was Jalen Hurts' arm uh, hitting deep passes, hitting key passes. I mean, it was third and it seemed like it was always third and eleven, or or more, and he would find a way to complete it. Or it was third and one. They had the record for the most quarterback sneaks. And we all know you can't stop Jalen Hurts and his 500-pound squat legs. You can't stop him on third and one. And they kept doing that over and over and over. So kudos to Jalen Hurts. He had the one fumble that led to a scoop and score. But he was brilliant today. He really accounted himself really, really well. Philadelphia did not lose because of Jalen Hurts. Kansas City won this game. Kansas City earned this game, but little bit surprised that the the defensive line of Philadelphia did not was not able to get a little bit more pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. They got some pressure, yeah, but some. not enough to make a difference. Um, and which is surprising. You're talking about a team that had 80 sacks so far this year. And I don't think they had any today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they had zero today. So against, kudos the, against to the two the, uh, best Hubble offensive yeah, lines. Yeah, but like we said, when it was when
1: we were talking about both. I mean, both star defensive linemen, uh, both Chris Jones and Hassan Redick. You know, were very unmentioned today. Yeah, I the mean, offensive
0: lines were brilliant. Exactly. I mean, they, really, yeah. they, where, they really. That's where well. And as a Ram fan, watching that. Is just heart-wrenching considering how terrible our line was all year long and if that's what's necessary to win then my Rams are quite a ways away from getting back to a Super Bowl because our offensive line is is a complete mess and those two offensive lines are loaded with pro bowlers there's pro bowlers there's three pro bowlers on each line on the offensive side and you see what a difference it makes. I mean, they controlled the line of scrimmage and they protected their quarterbacks, they created holes, 38-35, last second field goal by Harrison Buckner, Kansas City wins their second Super Bowl in the last four years. Um, Patrick Mahomes now has that legacy of having two Super Bowl championships. There's not a whole lot of quarterbacks in that boat. There's Brady. There's Roethlisberger recently, Mm -hmm. although we kind of don't look at him in the same light. (laughs) There's Joe Montana. There's Peyton Manning. um, There's John Elway. There's not a whole lot of quarterbacks in modern history within Ernie and my lifetime or at least my lifetime, that, <laughs> that have two t- titles. And now Patrick Mahomes joins that. And he's only 27 years old. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on top that he is chasing Tom Brady That's not got to get – that's way Uh, ahead of ourselves. That's 10 Super Bowls for Brady, seven victories. Patrick Mahomes is now 2-1. But I think he had that pressure. And you kind of felt that after. I mean, my wife uh, was watching with us uh, the the post-game comments. And she was like, well, this team is not very humble. uh, You know, Travis Kelsey was just like fired up. Like they were the – the beaten down dogs that everybody was spitting on all year yeah you thought they should have been favored and and then I get it I mean preseason they lost Tyreek Hill they had a new uh you know, wide receiving core, Um, Russell Wilson was coming to town, Justin Herbert is the big dog, the Buffalo Bills and Joe Burrow were supposed to be the Kings, Burrow was going to come into Burrowhead and knock them off, so I get it, you know, great players feed off negative energy and turn it into a positive motivator, Um, but they really felt slighted. And they use that to to their benefit. Yeah, I mean, whether so, yeah. you like it or not, and you may have come across as extremely arrogant in the post-game comments, but they're Super Bowl champs. Kansas City wins the Super Bowl 57. Yeah, and
1: and, and uh and during offseason no one's gonna remember. All they're gonna remember is that the Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl champs and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and that both quarterbacks play to their best of their ability, you know, one being uh, a second round draft pick, one being uh, an MVP but hobbled with a high ankle sprain A mm-hmm. uh, terrific game we thought it well last week we thought it was gonna be a good game. We thought it was gonna be you know uh you know a tight match, and it was and that's what we were that's all I wanted. I really didn't have a uh a dog in in this fight. I just wanted it to be a good game. Uh, we got a good game all the way until the last fifty seconds in my opinion, but you know i can't we can't have everything. I wanted I was telling Monty. We
0: want overtime. Yeah, I mean, was cheering for overtime. Miss like missed a <laughs> kick. I want to go to overtime. Miss it, miss it, miss it. Um, yeah, it, it was a tremendous game. So, as we look forward to next year, I mean, Kansas City is going to be right there again. They will. Because their big changes happened last year. I think Orlando Brown, their left tackle, is the biggest free agent. Um, situation, but Creed Humphreys on his rookie deal, Trey Smith's on his rookie deal, Tooney just signed last year, so the rest of their offensive line is intact. Do they want to commit the big dollars to Orlando Brown, or are they going to find another way to address that? But really, everybody else is back. I mean, Juju can go somewhere else. But Pacheco's a rookie. Uh, He looks solid. Travis Kelsey is signed. So it really... Chris Jones is signed. Their other guys are are relatively young. Karlaftis. I think Kansas City is going to be right there. But again, it's really difficult to repeat. And it's really difficult to keep that motivation. Philadelphia, though, is going to be interesting because... Where Jalen Hurts is young, now they're going to have to start talking about extension for him, and I think he's earned it. I mean, he's taken him to a Super Bowl and played really well, and I think the system being built around him seems to be really working, but Miles Sanders is a free agent. A.J. Brown is getting the big bucks. Devontae Smith is still young. Their offensive line is is signed for the most part, but that defensive line is old. They, They have Jordan Davis, but Brandon Graham is old. Fletcher Cox is old. I actually think if if they actually won the Super Bowl, those two guys would have retired. They still may, but I thought they were going to retire. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Can Philadelphia come back next year? Um, they're going to be favored probably in the NFC East along with the Dallas Cowboys again. I think it's going to be San Francisco. In the, in the NFC, yeah. but that depends on who's going to be their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that really depends on who's going to be their quarterback. Uh, San Francisco will probably be favored. Um but the Rams are coming back. I mean, it's it's going to be the Rams and the Steelers at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58, February 10th next year. I hope Mark so. it now. I Rams hope. and Steelers. Ernie and I will be there broadcasting live if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, congratulations again to the Kansas City Chiefs. That wraps up another remarkable season. Um, something that we we didn't talk about last week, Sean Payton is back. Sean Payton is going to be the Denver coach next year. Can he fix Russell Wilson? Um, that is the big question because Russell Wilson fell off a cliff this year. If he can fix that offense, that defense is solid. Yep. They could be a factor next year. And we didn't mention this at all last week, but Tom Brady officially retired, did his paperwork this week. So Tom Brady is officially retired. He has announced that he's going to take this year off. And then next year, he'll be with Fox, his 10-year $375 million contract with Fox will start in 2024 it's so funny Tom Brady plays 22 years in the NFL earns $333 million putting his body on the line and over the next ten years, just announcing <laughs> he's going to make three hundred and seventy-five million. No wonder to, you know McVeigh wants to retire and all these kinds of things. There's that much money in broadcasting. So, couple of notes there on big news that we failed to mention last week before we get uh, out of the NFL. Any last comments on the NFL season for you, Ernie? No, this was
1: a. I mean, this was basic, basically, you know, a culmination to what I thought was there was a lot of parody. You know, there were some unfortunate incidents in both championship games. You know, last week being the quarter, uh, the 49er quarterbacks going down and, you know, on the AFC side, the blunder at the end uh, where Mahomes gets that personal foul uh, uh, on him and uh, puts the City Chiefs into to field goal, field goal range. range. Yeah. So, uh, but other than that, you know, I think those two blemishes are wiped out based upon how this game, uh, you know, un, you know... Uh, unfolded so definitely so yeah let's
0: have these types of games every year it was a great ending to the NFL season again congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl 56 (laughs) champions from last year (laughs) and the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl 57 champions. Again, that's Ernie. I'm Monty. We are the sports rivals. Before we transition into the NBA, we like to talk a little bit about local sports. As many of you know, we are here local in Hawaii. A couple of big championships over the weekend. Those of uh, you guys know that Ernie and I are big soccer fans. Last night's boys soccer championship games were incredible. Uh, Kamehameha Hawaii defeats Pac-5 3-2 in overtime on a golden goal to win their second second consecutive d2 title and then in the d1 final i felt mililani really controlled the game they jumped out 1-0 six minutes into the game a pk in the second half allows iolani to tie it mililani controls both overtimes but they are unable to get one in a brilliant save by iolani's goalie towards the end of the second overtime sends it into pk's And Iolani wins four to three in penalty kicks to win their 10th state championship, a tremendous uh, championship game. Congratulations to Iolani. And on the boys basketball, a wonderful championship game as well. Ernie's alma mater, Campbell, came really close, losing 41-39 to St. Louis. St. Louis goes back-to-back in boys' basketball to win their second consecutive championship, 41-39 over the Campbell Sabres. So Campbell finishes second in both boys' and girls. A tremendous season for the Campbell uh, basketball program. They seem to be going in the right Right direction. direction. On the University of Hawaii side, good and bad news. The Wahine go to the mainland and sweep a couple of road games to continue their ascension to the top of the Big West. They are now at uh, in third place in the Big West. The Rainbow Men's volleyball team continue their dominant start. They go to Stanford and sweep them two days in a row. Three game sweeps, both nights. They move to 8-0 as they come back this week. They really haven't been challenged yet this year as they go for their third consecutive NCAA championship. And then the Rainbow Men. I was posting this on Twitter. I know I shouldn't be as frustrated as I am with this team, but they are just killing me they're now 18 and eight uh on the season but they are really really struggling to get any kind of consistency so in the first part of the game ernie last night okay mm-hmm. so uh, on thursday they struggled in the first half they're able to come back against the last place you see san diego team they pull it out yesterday they hit their first two shots and then they miss their next 19 shots. <laughs> they shot 16% in the first half with 11 turnovers. And they're down 30 to 15 oh my at goodness. halftime. They come all the way back. It's 52-51. They have a chance to win it at the end. They miss. Uh, uh, McCanahan misses a shot. Hepa misses a one-foot tip in. Oh my! Goodness. And then Avea grabs the rebound, misses it. And they lose, which is probably a good thing because they're escaping too often. Something is wrong with this team that they just cannot put two halves together. And they come out of the gate flat. I know they're 18 and eight, but they've got to do something different because the way they're playing now, they're going to be one and done in the Big West tournament, which is a shame because they should be better than they're playing right now. Mm. But they come out flat every single game some games they're able to overcome it they almost did it again last night but they lose 52 ernie 19 consecutive misses you and i could do that <laughs> we could do that it was remarkable it was a it was it was just so futile it was it was pathetic but anyway that's my rant about the <laughs> university of hawaii men's basketball yeah, I hope, team. Yeah, I,
1: mean, I, really, I really hope i mean this is this is a good team and you know and and uh, you don't want aspiration. The aspiration is to get to the big dance. I mean, uh, they'll probably be postseason bound, but you're not looking at the NIT. The NIT would be an abject failure, in my opinion, for, for this particular rendition. You know, I'm
0: afraid, Ernie, that if they don't make it into the big dance at this point, they're not even going to make the NIT. They, really? They've fallen so far down. It'd be one of those third and fourth tier type tournaments where you got to pay your own way that I'm not even sure they would accept the bid. But they, re- they really need to turn it around. They have seven games left with some really killer road games. And they still have Irvine here. Um, I mean, they're going to have to me. They have to go at least four and three heading into the Big West to be 22 and nine. And then they have a chance maybe for the NIT. Um, but they got to turn it around because they're playing some of their worst basketball right now of the season, in my opinion. So for all of you H fans that don't agree with me. Let me know why. Let me know why you think I'm wrong, Um, but I think many of you from what I see on Twitter completely agree with the assessment that I'm making right now. And then again, the one last thing that in local sports that we did not mention as well last week, for all of you uh, in Hawaii sports fans, Ernie and I grew up listening to one Jim Leahy, a legendary sportscaster Mm -hmm. in Hawaii. He was University of Hawaii sports for us growing up. Every sport, whether it be basketball, volleyball, baseball, football. He did all of it. And in such an eloquent... He was the local version... um, of, the, the, of Al Michaels, you know, that, that type. He was a storyteller that you could relate to. Such articulate command of the English language. Uh, he passed away from a long illness a couple of weeks ago. So our condolences uh, and, and love and blessings to Kanoa and the whole Leahy family. Uh, and thank you, Jim Leahy, for six decades of sports coverage in the state of Hawaii. Yeah, rest, rest in peace. And he was actually... Uh... A former
1: substitute teacher at at Campbell High School also, so...
0: Yeah, he had Ernie in his class and decided, (laughs) I'm out of this teaching. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't teaching, not with this Murano kid in here. All right, gang. So again, that's Ernie, I'm Monty. We are the sports rivals, and Ernie, the NBA trade deadline was off the chain it was nuts so Christmas it was Christmas in February let's save the biggest trade for last let me talk about my Lakers a little bit because we basically flipped out half the team so let's see what the Lakers did the Lakers were able to package Russell Westbrook with a couple of pieces like Damian Jones and Juan Toscano Anderson and a number one uh, pick they get D'Angelo Russell from the Minnesota Timberwolves. They get Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt from Utah. I like that. Trade. I really like that trade for, for the Lakers. In addition, they trade Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets. They get you know, a secondary player and three number two draft picks back from that. They trade Patrick Beverly to the Orlando Magic. They get Mo Bamba In return for that, he's still suspended from the fight last week. So we'll see how that goes. So let's just take a look at at the overall trade. So with the Thomas Bryan trade, I was very upset that they traded him because he's been playing really well. He's good. When AD was hurt. But once AD came back, he had lost a lot of his playing time. So he actually asked the Lakers to trade him. The Lakers realized that he had played himself into a bigger contract next year than the Lakers were going to be able to afford. So they gave him what he wanted, a trade. So he goes from the number 13 team in the West to, number to the one. number one team in the <laughs> West, although he's still going to be behind the Joker. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but it's a good situation for Thomas Bryant. But what that means with the three number two picks that we got back is the essentially the Lakers were able to acquire Rui Hachimura for Thomas Bryant, which is a not bad trade when you think about that. So what happens with the Lakers is they went from a pretty old team to to now believe it or not, LeBron James is the only player older than 30 on that team. Everybody else is under 30 years old. You have four people under contract for next year, so you have some flexibility, but you have restricted contracts like Rui, um, D'Angelo Russell that they can extend and they can go above the salary cap to extend these people if they deem that they want to do that. So it kind of gives them some, some flexibility. So I thought Rob Polinka did a pretty good job under the circumstances. I think the, the construction of this team, Vanderbilt's athleticism on the, on the wing, I think is helpful. Malik Beasley, although you couldn't tell last night, is a good three-point shooter and he's a good defender. I think that's gonna help. I think D'Angelo Russell's much more efficient than uh, Russell Westbrook for sure. He's having his best shooting season. So I think the construction of the Laker team is. Much better than they were last week. The problem is there's only 20 something games left. Can they get cohesive, and can they go from 13 and get into the playoffs? So, you know, they're they're now they upset the Warriors last night without LeBron. They're two games out of the playoff hunt right now. Um, I have my doubts. I mean, they're gonna have yes. to. To me, they're gonna have to go at least 18 and eight the rest of the way. To realistically get into a decent playoff position well, when, you call, when you say decent playoff position You're talking about play Not, not, not being play, in the not, play-in not, game not, okay. Because it's not out of the question That they could get up to the sixth seed Because it's still really cramped uh, in, in the West I mean, it really is cramped in the West but I think if they're gonna have to go into a play-in situation, and if they get Denver in the first round, I think that's gonna be a problem. I don't think I, I think the I think Denver is gonna be a problem for the Lakers. I think the Lakers are gonna have to get one of the secondary teams. So overall, I am happy with the Lakers' changes. I am optimistic about what this means going forward and possibly into next year. I do not think any of these changes make them a world championship caliber team. I hope they can do enough to get into the playoffs because it would be a shame to flip half your team and still not make the playoffs. So that is my Laker trade analysis for this time. (laughs) Um,
1: Any comments on my Lakers? No, I thought they really did a good job. I mean, I was looking at the... I was looking at the news on Rob Pelinka and they're they're ready to run that guy out of town. And I was thinking, man, this guy is just holding his. He didn't want to make that the Kyrie. I mean, he he was getting burned because he didn't get Kyrie. And I think uh, in the long term, this is better. Kyrie is making a difference right right now, although it being it's short term right now, we have we still don't know what the uh, you know how that mix between him and Luka Doncic is going to work out. Uh, but it's working. It looks promising right now. They, I mean, they look like a a very good team. Uh, but when you get two ISO heavy players yeah. together, uh, how does that work? It work itself out. I would think Luca is going to mend his game a little bit. Let's see if Kyrie is going to do the same. Now Kyrie is on a, on that contract. But i I'm, I'm just saying this: if Kyrie went to the Lakers. The Lakers were going to probably ask Kyrie to take a discount. I seriously doubt if Kyrie would have taken a discount to, p- to play with the Lakers. And that would have put the Lakers in an unreal predicament as far as
0: choosing to sign him at that you yeah. know well word is that he's already said that he wants he's looking for a three-year 140 million dollar extension so it's not the five-year 250 uh, it's three years 140 from the Mavericks that is what the word is I also heard rumors that Kyrie is still intending on coming to the Lakers next year so that would mean that the D'Angelo Russell goes Kyrie comes in I find that hard to believe I think at this point I think that ship has sailed Um, already and then you never know what's gonna happen. But Kyrie came there last week, I still have my doubts that that's gonna work. But Ernie, the mega trade of the week, the one that is an absolute game changer Mike Mike Muscala We were on the same page there (laughs) Yeah Mike
1: Muscala The three point assassin Stretch four from OKC To the Boston Celtics In exchange for the great North Carolina Wingman Justin I can't even remember his
0: name. And he's Justin, Justin Jack. <laughs> right, right now, everybody who's listening to us be like, who the hell is Mike Muscala? No. But he fits the Boston he Celtics does. perfectly because we we're just talking off the air. I mean, today, Boston takes 88 shots, 51 of them three-point shots. They live and die with that three-pointer. That's what he does best. He's a stretch four. He's a stretch five, uh, actually. So he plays... He's going to take when when Horford goes out, he can kind of fill into that void. He's a better shooter than Horford. He's not a complete player like Horford is, but he definitely fits the the Celtics. I'm not sure if he's a game changer. I was just kind of joking there, but he fits them really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree on, on
1: top of that. Horford's actually a better, percentage-wise, he's a better shooter. But Mike Muscala, going into the Boston offense, he'll see a lot more. With open, the, looks. Look, more open, open looks. More open looks. Yeah, so right now, Horford Horford is in the top 10 right now as far as percentage. Muscala is a, a little bit shy of 40% on his shooting. I expect him to shoot above 40% until uh, from now until when the— But he's going to be a, a, a good— Rotational fit. When they first did made this trade, I was thinking, okay, that's just insurance in case you know, you know, crack the glass, you know, emergency case if uh, you know either Horford or Rob Williams goes down. No, he is going to take away minutes right now. Depending on the matchup, he's going to take away minutes from. from their their you know their current Cornette. well not only Cornet Cornet plays the five I think I th- I really think the Celtics are going to go for a big on the on the trade on the buyout market but he's I I think Grant Williams uh, Hauser, their minutes are going to be reduced allowing Moscow to I mean I'm surprised how much Mizzoula was playing him and he doesn't even know the defense folks I mean it looks like he doesn't know the defense but I uh. You know, I was look, looking at other podcasts in regards to this particular trade uh, with uh, reporters, you know, following OKC. And his, they said he's a, a a pretty decent defender.
0: And I mean, not game changing, but, you know, not a liability. Well, he's a, he's a role player. I mean, he was with the Lakers... A couple of years back, he was one of our trade deadline deals. Um, like I said, I mean, he's a he's a he's a nice addition that fits the Celtics. I don't think he's going to make a big difference when it comes to them winning the the NBA championship. So, let's get to the big trade. Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun. So, what a massive massive deal. Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren goes from Brooklyn to the Phoenix Suns. Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson. Um drawing a blank on, on the other player and four number one picks and a pick swap go to Brooklyn in the KD deal. Yeah, Jay so, Crowder. Jay Crowder. And then they went and then Brooklyn takes Crowder and sends him to Milwaukee. So let's let's unpack this first from the Phoenix perspective, and then we'll talk a little bit about Brooklyn. But for Phoenix, you now have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre hey, Eaton. 10. On the surface, it seems like they're the favorite now, or they could be one of the favorites in the West. The big caveat is they're older. Kevin Durant's still hurt. He's you know He may come back in a week or two. Devin Booker is just coming back after missing a month. Chris Paul has not stayed healthy in the playoffs in five years, um, so it's a big if can they stay healthy to win four rounds of playoff i have my doubts i have i I, they they're going to be very active on the buyout market because they had to give up a lot of their depth in order to acquire kd i do think they're going to be an attractive destination terrence ross looks like he's going to be the first person to sign with them i think they're going to be an attractive option for people on the buyout market um they're gonna be super exciting, that's for sure, if they can stay healthy. If they're healthy, they'll be a factor. But uh, I think DeAndre Ayton's gonna really benefit because now you have Booker and KD creating space. He should be able to dominate down low, whether it'd be directly one-on-one in the paint or just you know, getting garbage buckets. I think he's gonna he should really benefit from this. So Phoenix looks to have made themselves better whether it makes them a world championship team we're gonna have to see the health of their
1: players yeah i mean vegas has them uh number one as far as you know those lines are concerned uh, so in they, the west yeah in the west jumping you know everybody denver and everything but denver is to me denver is still your number one. i have the phoenix suns number two I, I i'm a believer like you i don't think they can uh with all the pieces there, yes, they're very formidable. I don't like their bench. They're saying that Torrey Craig is going to be one of those. If, if Torrey Craig becomes one of your starters, uh, watch out. I mean, they still got T, uh, T. J Warren out there uh, yeah. coming over from the Nets, like you said, Terrence Ross. I mean, Terrence Ross couldn't break the crack, crack the lineup, you know, for the Lando Magic. So, I mean, he to me, he's a shell of his former self. I don't think that's going to be a you know a game changer uh, buyout market trade on, on top of that, but. The thing is, Chris Paul struggles in, in the playoffs, like you said, because of his age. Durant is, uh, gets injured. I mean, and the West is no easy. The powers have shifted. The, yeah. the best thing about this for the Boston Celtics is their road to the Eastern Conference Finals became a lot easier with the transaction of the, the Nets. Uh, uh, yeah, basically, the Kyrie they, and the Cameron implode, trade. That w- And those two guys going to the West just made everything a lot more tougher. You said the Lakers got better. The Lakers got better, but so did a
0: lot of other teams. The Dallas Mavericks got better, You know the Phoenix Suns got better. uh, Denver uh, is gonna be better. They're gonna get Reggie Jackson. They got Thomas Bryant, so they have more depth there as well. The Clippers made a couple of moves. Insane moves in my opinion. I I didn't know what they were trying to do. I mean, to me the the
1: I I just I don't I like Bones Highland. He doesn't play a ton of defense. But to me, training him for Canard is you're not getting anything out of that. You, you're get, you're getting a, a lower per, a lower
0: efficiency uh, perimeter player, you know, who doesn't play defense. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I don't know why they had given up on Reggie Jackson. He seemed to make some killer shots, especially really? against the Lakers. So you gave up Reggie Jackson. You give up Luke Kennard. You essentially bring in Bones Island. Um Paul George guys are efforting and, and lobbying for them to sign Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I, I hope so, because he's, he's like, he'll kill the Clippers. That'll be the final straw for them. So I, Kevin Durant is a superstar. So that's a tremendous, kind of a shocking deal. I mean, he did it quietly. He went to the Brooklyn Nets, said, I want to be traded only to Phoenix. They were able to work out a deal with Phoenix. Phoenix is going all in, which I understand. Yeah, I mean Chris Paul is getting old. They still have him for two you more gotta, years. Devin to. Booker is at the peak of his prime. Um, it's it's worth going all in, and you still have Kevin Durant signed for three years. So this is going to be your core for the next three years. I think I think it's worth it there. On the net side, so after these trades, I watched them against the Bulls. I found myself trading. I mean cheering for them. It's like they're a team of misfits now. But they're, they're decent players. They're good. they're good. They're decent players. Like I thought last night, I thought Coach Vaughn blew the game against Philadelphia. They were playing well. For whatever reason, he went with all the Phoenix Sun players in the in the closing, the starting and the closing lineup. They have one basket in the last six minutes and 32 seconds. And they lose by three points at the very end after leading the entire game. But I think they've acquired some nice pieces. Now, in the NBA, it seems like you need superstars to win big. They don't have that, but they have a a lot of solid players. What was surprising to me is I know they like Mikael Bridges. Uh, Mikael Bridges is a good player. I mean, I would love to have him on the Lakers. He's a 3 and D guy, and he's a glue piece from the Villanova days. He's a winner. But after the trade, Memphis calls Brooklyn and offers Brooklyn four number one picks for Mikhail Bridges. So they could have turned that Kevin Durant trade into eight number that's one crazy. picks. And, and they said no. You know, so they must really, really love themselves some Mikhail Bridges to say no to four number one picks from Memphis. Because I, I just think that's kind of ludicrous. With eight number one picks, you could have traded all eight for Victor... Uh, whatever his name, I kind of pronounce every time. Benyama. Yeah. I mean, you could have packaged <laughs> everything to try to get up to get him. So for the Brooklyn Nets, I think it's going to be interesting to see, can they hang on to a playoff spot? I hope they do. I mean, um, they'll play hard. They, they're, they're going to need to gel. You know who seems to have really responded to these guys being traded? Mm-hmm. Joe Harris has been shooting the lights out. Six three-pointers in each game. Uh, But he sat towards the end of the game, which is is mind-boggling. So I just wanted to mention that Brooklyn Nets side, that they've dumped a lot of people um but I think they have enough to stay in the they playoffs. Were, they, I think I think they're gonna make they're, the playoffs, which is gonna be kind of exciting. But I was really surprised that they value Mikhail Bridges as worth four number one picks. I don't know if I would have done so that. So that 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 is uh maybe they just think Memphis is so good, their picks are so late, it's not worth it. Yeah. I mean who knows, but uh the trade deadline, Ernie, was just was not. We knew it was going to be active, but I didn't expect it to be okay. this. Yeah, Kevin. This groundbreaking. Yeah, I, I, I mean,
1: your your Lakers started off with Ruri Hachimura, and then two days uh, before the deadline, you know, you get the Kyrie uh, demand, you know, entry to the to uh, the Mavericks. Mavericks, and then overnight, I woke up in the morning. Uh, and I just wanted to see what Boston was going to be doing First thing when I opened up ESPN Kevin Durant traded Boom, straight, headed straight to YouTube Just to hear I I, I think I was watching uh, clip after clip For about two hours on, on this particular trade And uh, it got, cr- it was crazy It was, it was crazy And then, you know you know, that last hour, you know, before three o'clock Eastern time when the Treadline uh, uh, expired, you know, I was we were able to get Mike Muscolo. which at that point was a uh, OK, you know,
0: be, better than Justin Jackson. You know, but it was it, I, yeah, it, it's a help. But it was just a, an extremely exciting, exciting, exciting trade deadline. I still think Boston is the favorite, although Milwaukee is on a roll now. They've now won ten games in a row. They yeah. went to the West Coast. They swept some things. I think Jay Crowder is another one of those good playoff three and D guys that's going to help them. Um, Chris Middleton's coming off the bench now for them. Yeah. You know they're bringing him off the bench. Uh, that seems to be working so far. Giannis has elevated his game. He's definitely back in the MVP contention as well. All-star game replacement. So now all of our, well, all of my guys that didn't make it are now in um, with the replacements. Darren Fox and Anthony Edwards replace um, Zion and Steph Curry. And then on the other side, Pascal Siakam replaces, I forget. Jalen Brown. No, he didn't announce that. He's He's still trying to play. Jalen Brown. It was somebody else that got hurt. Oh, Kevin Durant. uh, He replaced Kevin Durant. So Jalen Brown said today, I saw an article that he's taking it day by day and he's not ruling himself out of the all-star game, which to me would be absolutely stupid for him to even risk it. I mean, yeah. he was an all-star last year. You can go, you don't have to play. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so that's it. Zion reaggravates his hamstring today. He's now going to be out for weeks more. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play the rest of the season, meaning that Zion would have played like 20 games in two years. Um, we knew this such was a, Yeah, it's such a sad situation on someone who's such a dynamic player. I hate being right in regards to these things,
1: but coming out of Duke, we both knew that if unless this guy got in a strict diet regimen and started losing weight, His that, body tho- was that those
0: knees... We're not gonna last. And then the hamstring is not necessarily related to the league, but it knee, but it's all part of the part of the structure of the leg. You know, and it goes from your back to your buttocks down to your knee, and if those muscles start getting all whacked, then things happen. Yeah. So unfortunately for the Pelicans, it does not look like they're gonna have Zion for the remainder of the year. Again, And I got to think, if you're a Pelican fan, you're getting a little bit tired don't sign. of this Zion yeah, situation. Don't. And they re-signed him last year. So, he's already re-signed to the max $200 million yes. contract. Oh, they're screwed. So, they're stuck with him yeah. for the next four years. So, whew, what an NBA week. Your Celtics are still up on top. Yep. My Lakers are still on the bottom. <laughs> Hopefully, we meet somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Gotta, uh, but gotta, it's gonna be an I exciting. God. It's gonna be an exciting last last couple of months. Can the Lakers do enough to get into the playoff? Can the Celtics do enough to maintain that number one seed? I think it's important for the Celtics to stay at number one ahead of Milwaukee. I don't think they want to get below Milwaukee or Philadelphia. I think those are really good home court advantages. Um, so I would think Boston would want to stay one. It's but it's going to be a battle. They're going to have to earn their way because Milwaukee's playing well, Philly's playing well. So whew, it's going to be crazy. It's yeah. going to be exciting. Yeah. And we're about a month away from March Madness as well. So it's going to be a lot of basketball talk for the next month, guys. Because NBA, NCAA, NFL is done. It's all about basketball for the next month before we start talking. NFL draft in April. But let's turn it over to Ernie Imonti, we're the sports rivals. Ernie, your closing thought. Okay, I'm surprised you didn't touch upon this earlier since it's
1: basically your guy. I wanted to talk about LeBron James. Okay. LeBron James, you know, this past Tuesday while I was at the gym, I brought my phone and I don't watch Laker games at the gym. Why would <laughs> I watch a Laker okay. game at that? But this one was special, folks, because he had the chance. He needed 35 to tie the great Kareem Abdul Jabbar. 36 to break the record, and he scores 38. You know to become the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. So congratulations to LeBron James. You're not my favorite player. I mean, I, I to me, you're uh, not even. Uh, and and I ha- I hate saying this because you know I I, I don't want to make small of what he did. I really think LeBron James is. Uh, Top two all time. Um, I'm still gonna put Jordan as as number one for for for, for reasons. But uh, I will say this: a lot of people uh, uh, on YouTube, at least because I don't do Twitter, I do YouTube. A lot of people on YouTube are saying that he was the greatest scorer of all time. I still reserve the fact for another Laker. I still think Kareem is the is is the the, the better scorer on because Kareem didn't come straight out of college kareem didn't have the three-point line now lebron if he plays another three four years and adds to that to make up for that difference then i can say that he was the greatest scorer of all time i'd still have to figure out uh, do some numbers in regard to another laker will Chamberlain where are all lakers on that scoring list will chamberlain up there he's never going to pass the average of that you know him and then we got to look at Michael Jordan who got injured earlier in his career then Mm -hmm. took two years off Yeah, you know so we got to say and he played in an era where defense was was crazy I mean defense was crazy during you know Jordan's heyday Mm -hmm. so it was harder to score uh, uh, you know back in those days but LeBron James deserves his flowers Uh, you might not say he's the you might say he's the greatest you might say he's not the greatest it's it's to me it's it's flavor of the month and, and uh, basically how uh, you can make arguments on both sides just for me my personal preference is that he is the gr- he is the top scorer we acknowledge him for that he's only going to build upon that if if and this guy's going to stay healthy you know everything tells me that he's going to uh, he's going to push put, put at least another 3000 4000 points on top of this record which may, which we'll see if that gets broken. Unless they put in a four-point uh, play later in the future, but you know he's up there. He's up there in regards to every category. He's up there in the assist category and whatnot. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's just, let's just keep let's just keep it at that because I don't want to take away from what what he did. Uh, he deserves all the accolades in regards to obtaining this title, which I really thought was.
0: Uh, underscored in regards to the media attention they got. Yeah, because I think most people thought that this was an unbreakable record when Kareem said it exactly. 38 years ago. Exactly, um, But he did. I mean, and that's a testament to his longevity, 20 years. You're right, though. Kareem had to play... You know uh, four years of college before he could get to the NBA so he started at 22 LeBron started at 18 so in his 20th year Kareem was 42 LeBron is 38 but LeBron at 38 there's no one ever that has played at his level at this age it is I mean Michael Jordan came back with the Wizards at this age and he was a shell of himself LeBron is still playing at the top of his game not the same athleticism he had 10 years ago, but he's still averaging 30 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, um, his, his historical norm. So he is had a tremendous year. The fact that he broke Kareem record is really mind boggling. It truly is because he's never been known as a scorer. Like we talked about last week, if it was Jordan who broke it or Kobe. Yeah, we get it. But LeBron has never been known as a scorer. He's always had more pride about his passing. Um, but here he is, The champion score, the greatest score of all time, and I don't think um, Anthony Davis was very happy about it because he was the only guy sitting on the bench, not even watching when LeBron <laughs> broke the record. But that's that's a story for another day. Um, but yeah, congratulations to LeBron. I mean, it was a it's a it was a tremendous thing. It was a tremendous moment, and as a Laker um, fan, I'm happy he broke it as a Laker Uh, even if I kind of view him more as a as a Cleveland Cavalier even if he only won one championship with them he spent his first eight years he spent four years he's from that area I kind of will always look at him more as a Cleveland Cavalier unless somehow he leads the Lakers to another title Um, but I'm grateful that he broke it as a Laker so the record stays in the Laker Ohana as we say here in Hawaii so Props to you, recognizing LeBron in your closing Yeah, I was, I was actually going to go another route and
1: do my top five uh, teams in each conference after this uh, trade deadline. But, yeah, you, you didn't mention LeBron, and that needed to be said. All right.
0: <laughs> well, we talked about LeBron last week, and then I actually I kind of <laughs> forgot about that. I mean, this whole trade deadline just got me just... I was just so excited Oh yeah it's, This is one of those weeks Where I was I couldn't wait To do this podcast Not only because Of the Super Bowl But mostly because Of the NBA Tread deadline I mean it's just Such a major Major shift In power In the NBA yeah. you know And what? it gives Great yeah. hope For us Laker fans So
1: this is Let's do this real quickly If we got like Maybe three or four minutes Give me your top Three teams after the, this trend, now we still have the buyout market. I'm kind of assuming that the bio market is not going to be a game changer for any of the teams.
0: So give me your top three teams now with the current rosters as they are in each... Conference. Okay, so in the East, I still think it's Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. I think it's clear now. Miami's playing decent. Miami can be a problem, but they have to stay healthy. And they haven't proven that they can do that. And I didn't think that they made the additions necessary to take really that next leap up. So I think it's the three are. Pretty clear in the West. I still think the Nuggets are there. I still think Memphis is there. And I think you have to say Phoenix with their assemble of talent is there. I'm not a believer in the Mavericks. I don't think that they're going to be bad. I just don't think Kyrie helps them anywhere near as much as KD helps the Suns and the rest of the, the surrounding pieces. Like I think there's Luca, there's Kyrie and there's okay parts but they don't really fit. It's kind of like when Russell Westbrook came. It, it, they don't kind of fit together. I think KD fits perfectly with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. It's his first true point guard that Kevin Durant's ever going to play with. So Chris Paul will get him the ball where he wants the ball. So I think that, that fits really well. And I still think the Joker is the best player in the NBA. So Nuggets, uh, Grizzlies, who your Celtics beat today, and the Suns, to me, are the top three teams. And in the East, it's your Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers. I
1: agree with you 100% in regards to the East. Celtics did small moves
0: proves that they didn't have to do anything major in regards to, um, you know, retaining that. Uh, I actually think that's a good thing. Yeah. I, you know, if they were trying to do, like, if they're training Peyton Pritchard, that's not a major thing. But I think this team is right there on the cusp. So, yeah. they, so they, sometimes they, you can overthink things. I'm glad they did it. Exactly. And the same thing said to with, with the Nuggs. I still think they're, they're, they're
1: the number one team. I really think the Phoenix Suns are a close number two. I am, I'm I'm going to debate, and this is a big part of me because I really thought that uh, if Steph Curry remained healthy, that the Golden State Warriors would make a, a run up there. I just don't know if it's just too little, too late by the time that he returns that... Uh, I think
0: everybody's been kind of waiting for that. But here they sit, 28 and 28. Yeah, and and they they suck on the road. Let's be honest. And even when he's there, they were around the 500 team. Exactly. They have all their young players have not taken that next step. And then they end up, they let uh, Gary Payton, who you love, go. And now they did get him back. They agreed to the trade today, even if he's hurt. (laughs) And it took five number two picks. Essentially, they traded James Wiseman. Uh, th- that Even that trade We didn't even mention It was Wiseman For Sadiq Bey Who you like I like And then they take Bey And they trade him To the, the, Hawks, the Hawks For all these right. picks And then they send Five picks To Portland For Gary Payton It's like Wow the number two pick In the draft two years ago Just got traded Essentially for Gary Payton Gary Payton, Payton. And Who's hurt? Yeah. So I'm not even sure that that's going to help. But but you're right. I mean I think everybody kind of expects Golden State to come back. I I'm, I'm having my their young players haven't materialized. Jordan Poole hasn't hasn't taken that next step. Clay's playing really well now, but Wiggins has been banged up. Draymond hasn't played nearly as good. And none of the young guys have responded. So yeah. uh, it would be good for the NBA if they came back. I know you you're 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 chomping at the bit to get your revenge over the Warriors in the <laughs> in the championship, uh, but I just don't see it. I, I don't see them. I don't see them getting past those three teams. Yeah, it, to, to me, it would have had to been a run after the All Star break. And
1: I thought they they could have done it, but with Curry being hurt, I don't think there's going to be enough. I think their path to the championship is going to be all along, going to be all on the road, and I think that's a disadvantage to the Warriors. You know, uh, let alone one road series, you're gonna you're gonna have to play three road series to yeah. get back where you were. And uh, unfortunately, the West is just that much more talented. I'm gonna have Memphis as my number three, but oh boy, I'm really hoping. I hope this happens. This will be my second, uh, my my last uh, uh, point to close on my final thought. I hope that things remain the same as far as standings in the West. If the playoffs started tomorrow, the Dallas Mavericks would be matched up with the Phoenix Suns. Kyrie versus
0: Durant. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be That would be must-see TV. That would be be incredible. So, again, what an amazing week. What an amazing show. This is – I hope you can feel the energy. I think we were fired up. I think it was a tremendous Super Bowl. If you had a chance, uh, as tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people across the world did, to watch that Super Bowl, it completely lived up to its billing. Awesome. 38-35. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win their second championship in the last four years. He is the game MVP. Jalen Hurts was superb in defeat awesome. with four total touchdowns and nearly 400 yards of offense. Nothing to be afraid or ashamed of there. It was a tremendous Super Bowl. So congratulations to Kansas City and what a trade deadline. The Suns get way better. My Lakers get better. Is it too little, too late? I'm afraid that it is. Ernie Celtics don't do much. I think it's a good thing. The one acquisition that they get, I think, is fine. Whew. That was a lot, Ernie. Was it, was, a lot. it was quite a week. And for those of you that know me here locally, it is Valentine's week. So happy Valentine's <laughs> to all of you. Check out Watanabe Floral this weekend <laughs> for all your Valentine's Day needs. And again, of course, Kool-Aid and Alan Mia locking it down. Weekday mornings on Wake Up in the Den, 8 a.m. till 9 a.m. on... FM 95.1 or 760 AM. They do an incredible job. OIA Sports, HPU Sports. Just, they are everywhere. They do an incredible job and we're blessed to be a part of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, Ohana. Tell us what you think. If you have any comments, feedback, check us out on social media. Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook. Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Ernie, anything else? I'm good. All right, and for Ernie, I'm Monty. And until next week, the Sports Rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.